Alright, so Lamaisa, last week we did, most of the time we did a summary of what we learned until now, but now we're holding by a whole new thing, so it's, it's, it's nice, there's a whole changing of the guard, which is beautiful. And so let's learn this thing, how we, obviously the next piece that we're really learning about is the Hizbeinunus, the meditation, and again, the Piazetzner meditation, because there are different types of meditation, but the Piazetzner type of meditation of Shal Shudas. And that's the, the, really the piece we're up to. But to really properly understand why he's bringing it here, because obviously he's not bringing it in a vacuum, not bringing it from nowhere. I believe today in the parlance of our times, like the dude would say, you say POV, you know POV on a video? Point, Point of view. view. So like you have to explain the background. So the POV of Shal Shudas was his discussion that he's been discussing the past three chapters of the connection of thoughts and emotions. I haven't say anything yet. Okay. I was going through a little bit, so I will be up to date. Okay. You went quickly over. And does, does he, whenever he speaks about machshavot, yeah. does he mean imagination? Oh. Because so, it's not the machshavot that we, that I can think about. Because of the way he writes it, you're saying. Because the way what you've read, the place in, in in the sentence does not seem to be just thinking. It's, it's what do you mean the place than, in the sentence? No, no. When you look at the sentences, it's. I'm saying in, from his writing. Yeah, you mean. From his yes. Writing. So that's what I meant. That's called piazetzna meditation. Is what today is called visualization. It's not. It's it's you know. There's this. We've spoken about it a couple of times. There's. The Pizetzer himself talks about the Hashkata. We learned that at length before the Yom the quieting of the mind, which is most similar to like Buddhist meditation or meditation that's more about like emptying the mind. And that's very much connected to, to, you know, what today is known as mindfulness meditation, which he's going to speak about. But then there's, you know, Chabad meditation, which Chabad meditation is contemplative meditation, where you're contemplating concepts about God. It's not emptying the mind. It's the opposite. Tamafila tachabad vabina. Etachachma vabina. Chachma vabina and das are working, focusing on God. Piazetzner is also using the mind, but his machshava is machshava visualizations. So it's demyon? Well, when you say the word demyon, it's a very difficult word to say yes or no because it depends how you translate demyon. Demyon could be fantasy, and fantasy could be a good thing or a bad thing because. You know, like the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya a few times that one of the, the dangerous things of Hasidus Bachal, which the Misnagdim were very afraid of, was what's called Demyonot Shav, which even in Tanya he negates. Demyonot Shav is flights of fantasy. You know, Demyonot Shav is people that have fantasies that they've reached some kind of level, or they've come to sign a connection to God, and it's complete fiction. Like, it's just like, uh, you know, it's... A person going on their own, you know, having their own experience and thinking that that means that they, you know, they chapped God and put him in their their pocket. So that's the Shav. You're like pretending, you're fantasizing that you've reached something and you haven't, right? That's the Shav. It's actually... <laughs> Being a muscle, which isn't, you know, necessarily... This muscle isn't usually said when there are women present, but you'll get the point that... that Mashpi and Kfar Chabad used to say a mashal, what's Demyayin Shav, that a man who, for some reason, he wasn't, you know, he lost uh, his ability to procreate. And so he went to a doctor that he should build him a new one. 
So the doctor said, you know, I, I could build you a new one out of, out of wood, but like it's not really going to do anything. So he said, do it anyway. Then a couple of weeks later, it comes back. The doctor is very excited that it, he's feeling things moving over there. The doctor said, it's just worms. <laughs> so, so this Mashpia said that like you have a person that doesn't really have an ashama that's alive. But they feel the Myanna Shav is I'll build for myself this wooden edifice, like this like this like golden calf of like, mm-hmm. you know, what I think divinity is, and then, you know, and then just anyalechemzeh. Right? That's the Myanna Shav. So but Mitzat Shaini, the Rambam, we've spoken about, because again, when we began learning Bnei Machshavatova, none of you were here except Rafi. So when we began learning Bnei Machshavatova, we spoke about that that his his bodiness, his meditation is very much using the imaginative faculty. So when you say dimayon, if you mean imagination, yes. Because imagination could be fantasy. The Rambam Mamayon of Ruchim speaks about, and Rav Kook speaks a lot about it also, that the Indian of of Dimyonis, that, that, that uh, the imagination, which could be the greatest way to come to impurity, is also the greatest way to come to holiness, Right? It's always, it's always, the, they're always connected. That the biggest, the biggest, whatever could bring to the biggest klipa could bring to the highest kedusha. Mm-hmm. It's like the Rambam, for instance, speaks about the prophecy. What's prophecy? Prophecy is that the prophet's mind is getting a shefa from Hashem. What's the prophet having? What, what, what is that? Words? Yes, but just words. As a lonikram chose, navi chose chose mashu, he sees something. So whatever the prophet is seeing, is one is seeing, he's seeing with his imagination, which is why the prophets speak in these, the terminology of, of uh, the way they speak, right? So Rav Kukla Marshall speaks about, because Rav Tzaddik from, from Lublin talks a lot about that all tumma comes from, from imagination, right? By the way, I, I, you know, I, don't know if, I, always, I can't really talk about imagination without thinking about my dear friend Figment. And have you run to Epcot? Any people, anyone to Epcot? No? Epcot, like... Epcot in Disney Miami, oh, in yeah, Disney. Yeah. You went to Epcot? Mm-hmm. Do you remember the ride Imagination? If, maybe if you describe it. Yeah, well, Figment was like this purple dinosaur with horns. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, I like a whole video with him. No, nobody gets the reference? Okay. <laughs> I guess I'm dating myself. All right. Too old. So... So, Sir of Cook speaks about that even though imagination has always been like by Jews, by Jews we always focused on the rational mind as opposed to the imaginative mind. Mm-hmm. Rav Cook talks a lot about this in Orot, that Jews, when the base of Mikdash was destroyed, in order to survive in Golos, we had to, we had to go into the rational mind, you know, the, the, the um, uh, cognitive mind that the Gemara uses. And we sort of like... Uh, squelch the imaginative mind because because you can't really have a, a healthy imaginative mind unless you're able to when there's too much because of the burdens of exile or of Cook said we were forced to go into the kind of mind that's more mitzumtzam that's not able to have our chavas adas. This is Rav Cook in his poetic language but he basically says that part of the geula redemption is that's why Rav Cook was so into art that's why, you know, Rav Kook spoke about when he opened B'Tzalel, you know, Rav Kook was very into art because he said part of getting ready for Mashiach is Jews once again developing their imaginative faculty, Dimayon. So in that way, the Piazetz's meditation is very much Dimayon. It's very much using the imaginative faculty. So his meditations are picturing scenes, 
visualizations. Your mom is you're picturing scenes. Now the scenes are specifically picked to be those that will arouse emotions. And in that way, he's exactly opposite of Chabad. Literally the opposite. Chabad meditation is to focus on the contemplation of the godly idea. And emotion, you're not supposed to try to come to bring emotions. And Chabad is actually, there's a whole sefer from the Mitla Rebbe called Kuntras Espailus, Tract on Ecstasy. If you ever want to read something really, uh, really fascinating, I see this from Louis Jacobs. There's a book called Tract on Ecstasy. He translates, in Chabad, the whole point of meditation is to come to Hispilus, Hamidus, to come to Hitpalut Hamidot, to have an emotional ecstasy. Right? Obviously, in Chabad also wants that. The whole purpose is that your heart should also be involved, right? The question is, what does it mean that your heart gets involved? So in Chabad, if you look for the emotional experience, that's what the Mitla Rebbe calls sham ecstasy. Sham. Sham ecstasy, fake. Because you're trying to have an emotion. The Mitla Rebbe holds based on Tanya, based on his father, and that's what the whole book is of Attract and Ecstasy, is that it has to be emotions that come automatically. It's like when you date someone or you want to get to know someone, you don't try to love them. I mean, unless you're injured, you know, emotionally. But a normal person doesn't try to get someone to love them. They, they want to see if the emotions will come. So the Mithra Rebbe says if you're trying to get an emotion, it means you're not really having an experience of God as much as you have an experience of self. So in Chabad, it's more about focusing the moichen, 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 meditation on the idea, the idea, the idea. And emotions coming out, that's not, that's not the, shouldn't be the focus. That's why, by the way, the Mithra Rebbe, when he would daven, he never moved, ever. They say the Mithra Rebbe's, again, the Mithra Rebbe's, Father was the Balatanya, the Alter Rebbe, and the Alter Rebbe was good friends and a mechutan with the Berdichever. Everyone knows Rebbe Levitzik Berdichever, right? And they were mechutanim. The Berdichever's grandson married the great granddaughter. I'm sorry, the great the great grandson of the Berdichever married the granddaughter of the Alter Rebbe. So anyway, so when they say when the Berdichever came to 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 the Yajna where the Alter Rebbe was, and he saw the Mitla Rebbe Davin, he was like very upset because like. The Bedichra, we know when you would daven, it was like gymnastics. It was like literally like he was all over the place. Like, right, they say that the Bedichra never really did the mitzvah of sukkah, lechatchila, v'mahadrin. Because when he would come into the sukkah, he would get so excited, he would start dancing and banging on the walls, and the schach would come down. And, you know, so the Bedichra wasn't in Kalim. And the Alter Rebbe also. The Alter Rebbe would roll around in the middle of davening. Actually, the altar would come into such states of his spilus, of, of, of ecstasy, that he would start banging his head against the wall in front of him until blood came down. They actually had to put padding. They put padding. They put pillows in front of the altar of Udavan because he would come to such ecstasy that he would bang his head. And then he would sometimes... There's actually a whole sefer called uh, Sefer Mamarm of, of Pinchas Rises, Hanachas Arap. And why is he the one who's... Because there were Mamarm that the altar would start saying a mimer and then from his spilus he would fall on the floor and start rolling around you know, and staying the mimer as he was rolling around. Like he would continue staying the mimer as he was rolling around in ecstasy. So Pinchas Rises would get down on the floor and roll down next to him. Like he would, he would roll with him. So he was able to hear the mimer. So those are those mamorim that he was able to write down because he would... So, but the Mitha Rebbe would not move at all. So it was like weird for the Bidichra and the Bidichra was like really disappointed. So the Alter Rebbe said, he come to a place of Dveikus which is much greater than me and you. That's why he's not moving. Because at the highest level of Dveikus, there's no moving, right? 
because then it's complete unification. Like in a zivug, at the ultimate moment of union, at the ultimate highest level, there's no movement anymore. That the Baal Shem Tov says. It's actually in Tzavas The Baal Shem Tov says that by Shemana Esrei, Baal Shem Tov Mamash says that just like in zivug, when there's an intimacy between man and woman, there's movement until the very end. So the Baal Shem Tov says, so to davening, when one moves in Shemana Esrei, it's like zivug with the Shechina, but ultimately when it comes to the ultimate vekus, then there's no movement. So, so the Chabad, one second, the Chabad... Tachlis uh, um, is to come to Dveikas Hamoichin, which, like, so to speak, like, be completely consumed with the meditation of the idea of God and lose self, falirn zich, losing self. And whether emotions come out from that or not is totally not something you're looking for. Piazetzner is the exact opposite. The Piazetzner wants to arouse emotions. Atkadekach, and this is what we spoke about last week. That Atkadekaf the Piazenser says, even if you have to arouse emotions using things of this world, not about God. Crutch. Uh-huh. Something like a crutch to help you. A what? Like a crutch to help you. Yeah, but even more than that, he's saying even if you get happy about business or your your family or you know something happens that makes you happy, you know, food, whatever makes you happy. And that brings you a good emotion. Now bring that to God. The Piazetzna Dafka wants you to have an emotional experience. Because the Piazetzna holds that any emotional experience, even if it's from things of this world, right? It, it'll bring, it, he says, it's a hoshatat ever shalana that the, the soul is sticking out a limb. Even if, you, even if you get emotional about something that's completely irrelevant to God. Something completely irrelevant. And by the way, this, you know, it, there's always, of course, there's a debate between, even in the earliest generations of Chassidus, if Chabad is what the Baal Shem, is the same as the Baal Shem Tov or not. In other words, the Alter Rebbe, Chabad holds that their Torah is what the Baal Shem Tov really meant. The other tzaddikim didn't agree with that. There were other tzaddikim that didn't agree with that. Because there were a lot of things in the Baal Shem Tov that seemed to contradict what it says in Chabad. One of the main things that it talks about over there is the concept of hal- it's one of the more radical ideas in Chassidus, a very radical idea in Chassidus, which is called Ha'alat Hamidot, elevating fallen emotions. Elevating fa- fallen emotions. It's a concept that Baal Shem Tov talks about a lot. And the Alter Rebbe says clearly in Tan, in chapter 28, it's only for tzaddikim. But like the Chernobler says it's for everyone, the Komarna says it's for everyone. And that is when a person has an emotion about something that has nothing to do with God and sometimes even something that's the opposite of Kedusha. And that's the example that's always given that the Baal Shams have said. A person, you know, you, know, uh, um, you, you uh, walk down the street and you see something that, you, that makes you feel the emotion of love or desire and it's not something appropriate. But then you start thinking to yourself in your mind, well, where is this beauty coming from? Where is this thing that I, that, that, that I desire coming from? This is only a fallen spark from the Ein Sof. So I have to elevate that emotion that I should now bring it to Hashem. And that the Baal Shem said, that's the idea of Yitzis Mitzrayim, that, that, so to speak, that all Golos Mitzrayim is that the emotions go into exile, that my emotions are for things of this world, but therefore the way to elevate them is to, so to speak, you know, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, make a conduit. Uh, direct them towards God. That if I have emotion of fear, for instance, right? That's the, the one that we could all relate to probably the most these days. That you have an emotion of fear that I'm afraid of Hamas, right? 
we all know that that's a shtikla of a zara. The fear is the zara. Yeah, because you're not supposed to fear any, not the fear, the who you're fearing. Uh-huh. The who you're fearing uh-huh. is the is the zara. The fear itself is not of a zara. Fear is you. Mm-hmm. Child is who you're fearing, right? And Nachman, the words of Nachman use of Kutay Maran is that that's one of the words used you have to know from who to have fear you know the Baal Shem Tov, when he was three years old his father died when he was mamish an orphan at three years old and his father Abeliezer when he was on his deathbed was the last words to son the Baal Shem Tov. anyone know? it's, uh, it's famous Shulka, don't have fear from anyone except God. That was to a little three-year-old boy, the last words of his father. Don't fear anyone except God. Because really, we only have to fear Hashem. And, and anyone else is just an instrument in Hashem's hands. So, so, so if I fear something other than Hashem's, and I cry, Yira Nifula. Right? It has to do with Shvira Sakelim, which I'm not going to get into now. But it has to do with the whole idea of Shvira Takelim. If you're familiar with the Kabbalistic idea of Shvira Sakelim, Right, that the that the that the vessels shattered and the sparks went to the wrong places, the places, and those vessels that shattered was specifically the emotions, and therefore the emotions could go to their own places. So the Baal Shem Tov says you have to elevate them by directing them towards God. So the Piazetzner mamish is that beferish, and ad kach that he'll say even if you and that's what we learned last week. We spoke about it over the past couple of times that even if you're having emotions from things of this world, use them to connect to Hashem. And therefore, the Piazetzner said, even if you have emotions that come in the middle of the day. Because the Piazetzner said, one of the problems with davening is that, you know, let me, before I go back to getting back to the Piazetzner, you had a question. Later, later. I'll ask you after. It's okay. Um, in terms of... Uh, Remind the, me your first name again? Beryl. Beryl. You have to give me a couple of times until I get it. Yeah. There's in the, they witnessed the Mitla Rebbe and he didn't have... Uh, his body was not um, as involved as others. I, I, mean, I didn't say his body wasn't involved. Mm. His body didn't move. His body didn't move. doesn't mean it wasn't involved. Because mm. I was thinking with Navua, when, when someone has Navua, they're always their body is uh, heavily involved. At least Except Moshe Rabbein. Oh. Right? That's exactly what it says. The difference mm. between the Vua of other prophets and Moshe Rabbein. Moshe Rabbein Oymet al-Omdoi. Moshe would not go fall on the floor and move around. You know, it says in Yechezkel, you know, in the first chapter, the first parak of Yechezkel, is Maisar Merkava, the divine chariot. So it says that the, the Malachim would make a lot of noise, right? We say every day in Davening. Baraj Godel, right? Baraj Godel, Misnasim Masas that with a huge noise they scream to the Srofim, they make a lot of noise. Boch Kvayt Hashem Em Koymai, right? But then Yechezkel says that when all of a sudden God is revealed, Ba'amdam Trapena Kanfehem. When they come to a state of bittal nullification, their wings go down. When you're completely nullified, their wings go down. Like they're excited like this, but when you all of a sudden you're like nullified, your wings go down. The wings go down. There's no movement. At the ultimate, ultimate expression of emotion, there can't be movement. The ultimate height and apex of an experience, there's no movement. So anyway, so getting back to, so, 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 yeah. So the Piazetsus talks a lot about this idea because, again, he said that B'nai Mach Shavatov is really we're looking to be able to train the mind for what his type of meditation, the meditation of visualization, to arouse the emotions, because that's what's going to make us experience Hashem, in the Piazetsner says, right? And we spoke about last week that there's a very deep connection between emotions and thought, and thoughts. 
And that's why the Piazetzner said, if you remember, that since the whole point is to be able to use thought to feel God, to use thought to experience God, but we know that emotions and thoughts are sticky, they're connected to each other, very sticky. So we also have to know how to be able to appropriate emotions, be able how to use emotions, train emotions to God. And part of that, he says, is to know to be mindful of emotions which is what brings us to Shal Shuddhas. But before we go there, I just want to make sure everyone understands what it means when he speaks about the idea how emotions and thoughts are sticky, how they, how they connect to each other. Does everyone understand that? Think about it for a second. Like, when you're, feeling, when you're feeling emotional about something, something bothers you, something makes you sad, something makes you happy, you're always thinking about it, right? Because thoughts and emotions are very connected to each other. So, you know, we always say, Machshevet Halev, the thoughts of the heart, you know, which is where the emotions are also. The, it's, so to speak, the, the if you know, in the, the soul has ten faculties, right, and, and three garments. You ever that idea? We're going to learn in Tanya, but it's Shabbos morning. Asar kochot ha-nefesh, v'shlosha ha-nefesh. There are ten faculties to the soul and there are three garments to the soul. What are the faculties of the soul? Intellect and emotions. Chabad, right? That's intellect and emotions. That's who you are. What you know, what you feel. Thought, speech, and action are garments of the soul. Which means garments, you could take them off and change. They're what you do. Right? What I do. Who am I is what I think, what I understand, and what I feel. That's me. That's the faculties of my soul. That's me. What I feel, what I understand, what I think, right? But the act of thinking, or the act of speaking, or the act of doing something are garments of the soul. But thinking and feeling are very connected. Right? Because it's very hard to know where a feeling starts and a thought, where a feeling ends and a thought begins, you know? And on the other hand, thoughts could also arouse the emotions. So it's a two-way thing. So the Piazetsan says, therefore, we have to know how to harness emotions, right? We have to know how to harness emotions. Because, um, and that's like we said, because sometimes, you know, in the middle of the day, you have an emotional experience and you want to elevate it to Hashem. You want to cause it to elevate to Hashem. And it's in the middle of the day and not davening. Because so, so what? You're feeling good because something happened that made you happy right now? Go to the corner and say a parak of Tehillim. Use that emotion to Hashem. Or something happened that made you particularly sad or scared? Go to the corner and say Kapitel Tehillim and elevate it to Hashem. Raise up the fallen emotion back to Hashem. And that's the piece that's what I said. That's why, and even if you have to use things of this world, and I, I think I mentioned that for me when I was a teenager, this, you know, I learned this, it was very, very uh, important because essentially what Hasidus is saying, this, this type of Hasidus is saying to you is that, you know, you're not supposed to, Hasidus says you are supposed to be happy and, you know, be, enjoy life. And fakir, like if things of this world are going to facilitate you feeling connection to Hashem, then they could be made holy. 
if you're going to do X, Y, and Z and it's going to make you feel happy, right? On a Saturday night, you feel like if you do X, Y, and Z, it's going to put you in a good mood and make you in a, a feel, make connection. And then you bring that to Hashem, make you feel close to Hashem, then you've made that holy. If you feel like hanging out with your friends, you know, is going to make you feel better and it's going to make you feel, you know, whole with yourself and you connect that to Hashem, you've made it holy, right? Elevating the emotions. So that's what the Pizan says, because again, because if you want to be able to train your thoughts, you have to be able to also know how to deal with the emotions. And that's what the Pizan also said, that, and that, and that sometimes emotions arise, but we don't know how to hop onto them because they're too fleeting. Right? That that the emotions, any emotions you could use, there's, by the way, a beautiful muscle, which I should just review also. Remember the muscle? You were here. We spoke about the muscle. Remember the muscle of the, uh, the lawyer, the father that's a lawyer? Yeah. Huh? Detention and he comes to visit him. Right. It's important muscle to remember. I remember the first time I heard from Rabbi Weinberg. Um, that the one time there's a father hadn't seen his son. His son was put in jail for like two years. And the father hasn't seen his son. And then finally comes the time for the son's trial. And the father's a lawyer. So they let the father into the son, so he should be able to, the, the, the lawyer, so as a lawyer, he can speak to his son. So an idiot would just like sit down and start talking to his son about the case. What should the father do? First hug your son. Then talk about the case. Who cares why you got there? You got there because you're a lawyer. So what? But Misa, hug your son. So Bizetson says, who cares what made you feel happy? Hug God. Who cares what made you feel sad, what made you feel scared? Hug God. Elevate God with it. And, but the Piazzetta said the problem is when we don't know, when we're so divorced from our own emotions, that we don't know how to hang on to them, that they're so fleeting that we don't hear them. Remember we spoke about, Piazzetta says that that's like very often we, you feel an emotion, like there's a, there's an emo, the soul is a feeling something, but like you, don't, you feel like you don't know what it is. So the Piazzetta says, so what do you do? You take some... Schnapps, you take some vodka. You know, right? Today, in today's parlance, you would say you take a toke or something, right? Because you want to like, quiet that, that feeling, that, that sound, that, that pirkus. Echomim pirkus banglit. The farkes. Seizure. No, that seizure. Yeah, but, but, the, like Moshe Beima, when you're shechting animals in the farkes. Shaking? Shaking, like a. Like a like, like the, the soul is trying to shake, trying to wake you up, right? So you like shut it up. And he gives the muscle of, remember when a, in the old days when, when, when parents would sacrifice their children, burn them alive, right? To Molech, right? the Molech Levorizor, when parents would give their children to the priests of Molech <coughs> to burn them. So what would the other, what would the priests of Molech do? They would beat the drums while the kid was being burned alive so that the father shouldn't hear his child screaming. <clears throat> so they'd beat drums really loud so that you didn't hear the kids scream. So that's what it says. So that's what we do. The soul is trying to awake. The soul is having an emotion. But we just right away direct the thoughts to something else. We don't hang on to it. We don't try to, to, to hold it. We just try to drown it out. And we have what he calls the miscarriages of the soul. The soul wants to produce offspring. The soul wants to have emotions, but we don't hang on to them. We're not mindful of them. So therefore the Pizetzna says, he says, 
He says, He says, Lazot, we can start from page 27. Therefore, I'm, I'm announcing, I'm screaming to everyone in the Chabura. You have to know how to look. You have to know how to look. You have to know how to be aware, how to be mindful of emotions so that you could develop them. Right? Anything that happens inside you, know how to be mindful of it. Know what it is you're experiencing. He says, and it's not just looking, he says, it's, it's, it's looking carefully to know what's going on inside your own soul. Right? And he says, because otherwise it just goes, it, it could go by and, and you don't feel anything. You know, why is it, what do you think, like today, why are so many people more, why is this such an epidemic of depression and loneliness, even though you would think there's so much more opportunity to communicate with people, right? Today you could literally be on video with anyone in the world, right? With you, remember the Jetsons? Those of you remember the Jetsons? <laughs> then they would have like, they would have that one, they would have a screen that was like a big, they could have a screen that you could talk to somebody. Now you could like hold it in your hand, Right? So like the mass communications is unbelievable. So you would think that people have very deep relations, much better relationships with people. But it's the exact opposite. Right? Why? Why is it such a pandemic of, of depression? In, in especially in youth, he says, why? Why does, why does social media do that? What do you think? It's all superficial. Huh? It's all superficial. It doesn't give you a chance to go deep. Real vulnerability. Huh? Real vulnerability. What's that? It doesn't have the same level of vulnerability. Of vulnerability, of, 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 of opening your soul, right? So you're always speaking at a very shallow, a level that's very external to who you really are. You don't really go deep inside. Why? Because there's just too much. Think about how many people you have to, you communicate today through the course of a day. Think about how many people you need to be in touch with the course of a day. A hundred years ago, you maybe spoke to Six people over the course of a day? You know, in the old days, if you see that, you know, I'm very into uh, historical fiction and, you know, the Victorian or aged, you know, uh, the drama and stuff like, you know, the, you know, um, Anthony Hopkins and, and Emma, Emma Watson, whatever, no, what's her name, Emma Thompson. So, so um, if you see like those, mov- those movies from like, the, you know, the 1800s, when someone would go call on their friend to visit their friend, they would travel there for like three days, right? You would go there and you would spend a day or a day with your friend, right? You would spend the day spending a couple of hours with your friend. And there wasn't an opportunity to talk to anyone else. Or like when you would go into your house, it was just you and your family. (laughs) There, There was no opportunity to speak to anyone else. I mean... To, even even when we remember, okay, there was a telephone, <coughs> right? A telephone. But even a couple of years before, there wasn't even a telephone. Like, you were literally just you and your family. So, like, therefore, it, on one hand, there's a lot, lot more communication, but there's a lot less deep communication. There's a lot less... So the possessor is <laughs> saying, as long as your everything just remains, like, you know, uh, uh, shallow, you know, only remains external... Then you don't really you don't really connect to it in a deep way. It doesn't have an effect. So if you know you have so many experiences, but you're not able to internalize one and like have das to really connect to one in a deep way, then it doesn't really then it has a miscarriage of the soul. (coughs) 
I mean, if we think about it, you know, even we, we've become so, um, we've become so immune to really having an emotional reaction to most of what we see over the course of a day. If we would have a real emotional reaction to what we see over the course of a day, we wouldn't be able to function. So we've learned how to like go through things and not have an emotional connection to it. So, I mean, a, real, a person, we've become so numb already, but like, you know, they say like about, the truth is interesting, it, it says it in the books about Sadiqin. I've seen it in Swarm about Sadiqin, and I also saw it about, they say about Buddhist masters, the same thing, about, you know, Buddhist masters, meditation masters, that they were able to be, Actually, uh, somebody, I just read some recently, somebody said about the Dalai Lama, they like that also, that, that a person like, is able to like, when they hear something sad, they'll weep fully, completely, like really be fully crying. And then 10 minutes later, something else happened and they'll be laughing and be fully happy. So they have the full range of emotions with the intensity of the emotions without the stickiness of the emotions. Because, because when you're able to fully experience an emotion and you're not caught up in it because you're able to be mindful of it, so you're able to not be a, the sticky attached to it. You could fully experience it, but yourself isn't in gullus and exile in it. So, and we get so used to so many things happening that of course that we're experienced to that we dafka don't allow ourselves to connect to it in a deep way. Because what do you mean? In another 10 seconds I have to answer another three texts to other people. So, so how do we expect to have an emotional experience with God if we're not used to having an emotional experience at all in an intense way? I mean, when was the last time any of us spent time with a person, one person, and only that person for an extended period of time that, wasn't, that you weren't able to speak to anyone else, just that one person, for days? When was the last time that happened? COVID. Huh? COVID. COVID, right. <laughs> exactly, right, COVID. No, but then we, we still had this. Like, uh-huh. we but we still had, had cell phones, phone. that's right. Even COVID not. Even COVID, we had Zoom. Why was Zoom so popular? Because people couldn't be alone with themselves or their spouses. <laughs> right? Because it's, it's, that's why it's because to, to be fully there is, is scary because then you have to really experience that thing fully. So the Piazzetta says you have to have a Yadeh Taka want us to know how to be mindful, how to be mindful of experiences. And he says, and like he says, he says, do you know the feeling? What's the difference between what I feel the night of Pesach and the night of Yom Kippur? Right? That's what he says. You have to be able to concentrate. To imagine and to know. What did you feel? What did you experience Pesach? What did you experience Rosh Hashanah? Like there's a specific emotion involved. Could you, could you remember that? Like do you know what that was? Are you able to feel that now? We all had an emotion on Yom Kippur. We all had an experience on Pesach. But did, were we able to like be mindful of it to the extent that we could like reflect on it? I mean, we all had experiences in life, emotional experiences that were so meaningful that we could remember them. You could almost taste them, right? 
We all had emotional experiences in life, good or bad. Good, good emotions and bad emotions, but I mean, that's what trauma is. Trauma is that, that the emotions that happened 20 years ago, you experience now. Huh? Unfortunately? Yeah, that, that is, that's the sadness of trauma, right? In, in, the, 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 in, the, in the language of contemporary psychology, they say emotions are time travelers. Emotions don't grow up. So the same emotion you felt as a child, you feel now. That's what trauma is. And the same with symbols. Sometimes you think about the happiest times of your life and it can make you happy. So the Pizetz is saying, what was Pesach like? What was Hanukkah like? What was, you know, what was Yom Kippur like? I think I told you what I heard once from... Uh, <laughs> from Reb Chaim Shalom that he heard that one time by, uh, came to his for bringing somebody like a real like uh, a wealthier type of a person and this person what time is it? And this person was telling that they told him that this person is a real wine connoisseur you know wine connoisseur is that they could taste wine and tell you what year it is where it's from what kind of way whether it's a Cabernet or a Merlot or a Shiraz or whatever like the they could tell you, they taste the wine, they could taste. So he heard about this, and he said, tell me, he said to him, could you also taste the difference between Halal and Hanukkah and Halal and Rosh Chodesh? Could you taste the difference? We say Halal and Sukkot, we say Halal and Pesach, it's not the same Halal, it's different. Could you taste the difference? But it's much the same thing. If you're a connoisseur, you could taste the difference. And Pizatza says you have to know how to taste the emotions, right? So he says, know how to look. Know how to look. Know how to be mindful. Know how to be mindful. No, that it shouldn't, don't let you, don't let it, the, the, the noise of, of your mind or the noise of the world around you, you know, drum out the soul that's trying to express itself, that's trying to feel something. And again, we all know, like, I mean, that's why over the course of a day, it's so hard to really be connected to the davening because since our thoughts and our emotions are so caught up with other things, so, so it's hard to connect to, to Hashem because our thoughts get caught up with other things. Which is, by the way, why the Pashtas of Pialacha one is supposed to daven first thing in the morning. Pialacha one isn't supposed to even talk to anyone before davening. I mean, I think we're all guilty of not really keeping that halacha. Except probably Serge who davens nates every day. But they're, but, they're still talking. <laughs> But officially, you're not supposed to daven, talk to anyone before davening because, right, it says, we just had Parshas Vayetze, the end of Parshas Vayetze, Vayashkem Lovan Baboker. Remember? Lovan woke up in the morning. Vayashkem Lovan Baboker. So the Alter has a whole mime where he says that every morning there's Lavan, is the Loivan Elyon, the supernal whiteness. In the morning there's a supernal whiteness. It's like the tabula resa, the blank slate, right? Everything, your mind is clear. Yashkim lavan baboker, baboker kol lavan. So then connect to Hashem. But over the course of the day, when the emotions and the thoughts, you know, start, when there's a storm of emotions and thoughts, it's hard for your, when there's a storm of emotions and thoughts, it's hard for your mind to stand still because it's in the storm. But when you wake up in the morning, the storm hasn't started yet. Which is probably like, I mean, I've tried this many times not to open, not to touch the cell phone until you daven. That's uh, definitely something we could all work on. Anyway, so the Maizah, so the Piazetsu says, so we have to look, for, to feel, to know what we're feeling. Ubechlal, does anyone have the book other than me? Yeah. Page 28. Be somebody that knows how to seek God in all places. 
We have to learn how to be God, people that feel God, that look for God in all places. In every experience, we could find God there. Every positive experience, and that's Mamish what Chassidus is about. That is, the Baal Shem Tov said, every experience in life is something to connect to God. Whether it's a vacation, whether it's a break, you know. You always have to remember, the Altar of Tanya, the muscle that he brings in chapter 7, where he talks about the fact that everything, you know, the Altar of Tanya says, everything in the world is either bringing you closer to God or farther away from God. That's the Yisrael in Tanya. There's no such thing as anything neutral. It's either bringing you closer, closer to God or away from Hashem. What's it based on? What your mind is. And he gives an example. He says in chapter 7, like Rava, before, it said, before Rava would give a shear. Mekame the Pasach Rava Bishmaitza. Anyone knows what Rava would do before he would give a shear? Huh? A joke. He would say a joke. He would, uh, right? He would, uh, he would say a joke. Rava would say a joke before it's Rava. It was an Amoira. He would start joking with this. Imagine, he would start saying a joke. Why? And so the Altar says the joke is also Kedusha because it's in order to lefatech libam to open up their minds that they should be besimcha to be able to be able to learn Torah. Or the Altar gives another example. The person eats fat meat and good wine, drinks good wine. That one should have an open, expanded mind to be able to serve Hashem. So like, you know, I remember somebody once asked me like, you always, have to, you always have to be serving God. So are you allowed to play basketball? I'm like, I don't understand. If Rava could spend two minutes saying a joke to his students, you can't spend two hours playing basketball, that you should connect to Hashem through that. Like, Bizanza says, you have to know how to connect to Hashem through whatever you're doing. Maybe you'll be able to find the God that's hiding. When we look for him, we'll find him. Where will you find God? Within you. Everything around you. If you're mindful, you can find God in you and anything we experience. But, the possession says one condition. To be able to find God and experience God, to learn and experience God in every emotion, every experience, to be able to, be able to feel presence, feel the divine, always in every experience. The possession says there's one condition. You have to go far from, how would you translate mihirut? Not just fastness, hastiness. Abjur haste, it says. Huh? Abjur haste. Abjur haste. I don't know what that means. Hastiness, but there's a the better word. It's not just hastiness. It's, it's like... The hustle. Hustle, like not, not the opposite of Yishev Adas, like always being, huh? Yeah, like what, what? Freneticism. What word is it saying? Freneticism, yeah. I don't know what it's saying. Frenetic. Like being frantic? Frenetic? Frenetic. 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 Does it come from like frantic? Like frantic? No, it's its own word. Frenetic. Frenetic? Not frantic. Yeah, it's like boom. Okay, yes. Like, what are they called? Um yeah, so he says you have to go distant from, from, from hastiness, from freneticism. You have to, har cheik, har, he says it three times, har cheik, har cheik, go far away. It has to be slow, and that's so hard for us today. Because we're so used to being stimulated, like so, I, I, you know, it's crazy. I, I, if, you, if you, I remember, 
you know, there was like 10 years when I was learning in yeshivas and stuff that I, I, I pushed it, I, I didn't like watch any movies or TV. Like when I was learning serious in yeshiva for all those years, like, and then like, so it was like a good, maybe even 10, 15 years that like I hadn't watched movies. I saw like movies in the 80s and the early 90s and then I, like 15 years went by and then the first time I saw like a movie or TV, I, I would get a headache. Mm-hmm. Like the camera kept moving. And like, like I remember, like, and, and like I saw afterwards that they say that today, a camera never stays in the same view for more than seven seconds. It's always moving. If you look at a movie from like 30 years ago, like Casablanca, like it's one frame and everything happens in that frame, right? There's, and you know, there has to be dialogue and whatever. But now it's like every seven seconds, it's like looking from another angle. And like, it's like the opposite of, of, of what he's saying. It's everything is hate, not just hastiness. That's what I'm saying. It's not just hastiness. It's, what's the word? Uh, not spaz. Um, like, like being manic almost, you know, like, like being all over the place. It's, it's, so he says, in order to be able to be mindful of emotion, to be a mindful experience, one has to do it slowly. You know, vavadita meheira. It says in Shema, we say, vavadita meheira, mal you will be, uh, you will be lost very quickly from the land. But the Chassidim used to read the words, vavadita meheira. You have to get lost the quickness. You have to get rid of the quickness. How? So by, let's say in Chabad, the, the Avoida, and, and the truth is not just Chabad, it's Breslov is the same thing. You have to have set times where it's just you and God. There's no other way to do it other than having set, and it has to be just, it has to be Be'yichidus. That's why all Chassidim would have like times the, that they would have Be'yichidus. Like does yoga count? If well, it depends what you're doing it. during the yoga. At the, like we just said, it depends what you're doing. Yoga could be a way of connecting to Hashem through the body, mm-hmm. or it could be an Avedazar. I mean, it depends how you use it, like anything else, right? Mm-hmm. I remember when I took uh, my first yoga lesson, Jory and uh, um, or, uh, Marco, anyone know Marco? What, the couple in Israel? No, Israel. this guy Marco, he's from South America. He's, he's a real chasida shagoy, like a mamish, uh, <laughs> mamish, uh, He's a, a, ball, a deep person, like a, his wife is Jewish, Taka. Anyway, so, so the first time we did yoga, so he was, you know, whatever it was. So he said to me, you know, as we, one pose is like, and now you'll bow down to the sun. <laughs> I'm like, cool, okay. Now I know why there are some rabbis that have an issue with this. Cool. You know? so I didn't, like, I didn't, didn't bother me because I let him say what he wants, but like, I could see like, so it depends what you do when you do yoga, you know what I mean? So anyway, so the point is that, that, the, that it has to be, Chassidim would always, that's where they would go into the forest by Rabbi Nachman, it was his boidah, it was just you and God. In Chabad, it's, it would be davening ba'avoidah, there's an idea in Chabad, davening ba'arichus. That, that Chassidim would dafka, you know, you answer in a minion, you hear Kriya Sato, but then davening. You go under your talus, you daven by yourself for three, four hours. And the way to train yourself is have a date with God. You go into a room and you say, turn off your phone, put on a timer for 10 minutes. And you say, for these 10 minutes, I'm now closed. I'm in a room, no phone, no distraction, no possibility of distraction. It's just me and God. And like, so Chabad would say, spend the time thinking about God. Experience, you know, visual, you know, experience what meditating, what that means to be in God's presence. And the Rabbanim would say, talk to God. But the idea is to have harche, 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 to like go away from the possibility of being 
Like, and the truth is, again, it, it's the same thing when every marriage counselor says you have to have date night. It's the same idea. Unless you invest yourself fully in something or someone, you won't be there. Simple. You can't learn how to be somewhere or with someone unless you're fully there. Fully. And that necessitates, you know, to be able to feel that mindfulness of an emotion, you have to be strictly, you know, miwad, um, has to be um, uh, directed specifically to one thing. Ki ein hamahir midbonen. Ein hamahir midbonen. A quick person, someone that tries to do things quickly, can't meditate. Where are you? Where are Page 28. Oh, I found, I found it. Right? Ein hamahir midbonen. You know, I can't, it's just not possible to be fully present when you're doing something quickly. And then he says, on the other hand, but just be careful not to go in the other extreme and get to, um, laziness and sadness. The other extreme person that's too slow and too, that could also be bad. And then he says, the mashal, I'll give you a mashal of something that you could experience every single week and you do experience it and you know you have an experience and yet it doesn't last. And that he says, shalosh shudas. He says, you could sit at shalosh shudas and you know that you had an emotion, Charles Shudas. You know that at least for a couple of moments you felt something at Charles Shudas. But nothing remains. Why? Because you didn't learn how to look and be mindful of the emotion. To dwell on it. What did it mean to me? So he says that imagine, he says, Mashal, what time is it? This is another one minute. Lemashal. You're sitting at Shal Shudas and Shabbos in a chevra of Chasidim, with other Chasidim. Because, of course, if you want to really experience God, ask with other Chasidim, right? I mean, we're all Chasidim here, obviously. Chasidim means people that learn Chasidim. That's what, what's Chasidim. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean what you wear. Means people that learn chassidus. There were some chassidim tonight in Tinek at the rally. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I told them something. They tried to build a report. They said, <laughs> Did I tell? Did I? You talk, yeah. <laughs> did I tell? Did, 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 call I, and response. Tried to build a, an affinity. Yeah, I almost got arrested by the Washington oh, yeah, rally. Right. You heard the story? Yeah. yeah that's what, <laughs> so um, yeah, so he says so you're sitting with other chassidim on Shabbos. Ha'im margish mu'ma'az. You don't feel anything then. You don't feel. Of course you do. Everyone feel at least for a moment. You feel something. Tzadikim said that 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 it says in Pirkei Avos. We know it says in Pirkei Avos in the week in the first parak that one hour of tshuva and ma'asim tovim in this world is better than all of Elam Habo, right? Says in Perkevas, one moment, one hour of tshuva ma'isim tovim in this world is better than all of Elam Haba. So Tzadikim said, you know when that sha'achas is? Shal Shudas. As he says, Tzadikim Omru, Shashas Shal Shudas? He Ashah, that's the hour that Chazal said, Yofa sha'achas, b'tshuva ma'isim tovim, kol chaylam haba. Shal Shudas. Why? So, so he's going to explain soon, but because, of course, Shal Shudas is ultimately the highest point of Shabbos, right? Huh? Shabbos is Chuvan, and therefore Shal Shudas is Neila. 
right? Shalshut is Nila. In Judaism, we always have to remember that, that Kedusha always gets higher and higher and higher till the apex. And then, Chol. Right? So you get, let's say, you have Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Nila, Chol. Right? It's, it's, so it's anything, you know, Shabbos, you know, you have Shalshudas, so Shalshudas is the highest level. And we spoke about it a little, and I don't have time to get into tonight, but, you know, Friday night, the Zohar says, is the Nukva, is the feminine, is Aliyah Sa'ilamis, the worlds go from below to above. We spoke about this a few times Friday night, right? Friday night is, is Shomor, is the Nukva, is Aliyah Sa'ilamis, the worlds go up, it's the Nukva. Shabbos morning, is Yerida Sashefa that, that, that Atika Kadisha, that Shabbos morning is there's a Gili Melamaila that the Chosen comes down. Shabbos morning. And what Shalashud is? When there's no difference between Chosen and Kal anymore. When there's a complete Zivug and there's complete Achtus. There's no upper and lower anymore. So Shalashud is Mamish like that level of, it's like Mamish a Bechin of Ni'ila on Shabbos. So he says, the Pizesna says, could it be? That, 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 that we don't feel anything? Of course we do. The problem is that we don't know how to like hop onto it and develop it further. Talk. I have a question. Sure, of course. What do we define as Shalashudas? Because like, is, is it like specifically that like last bit of Shabbat? Is it when I eat your third meal? I very good question. I have like an interesting tradition that I take over my parents. I, I come here to Shalashudas most weeks, um, but I don't actually eat. Um, I... My family, we do an early breakfast, and then lunch is our third meal, which is what I usually do. So, like, is it when you have that that last meal, or is that like chasidus at the end of Shabbat? So it's a very good question because the marshal in Chabad they don't eat shalshudas. Chabad doesn't eat shalshudas at all. Chabad doesn't wash for shalshud. I mean, they have a little mezoinus or what, uh, but not, they don't eat shalshudas. And Fakert, and, and the reason that's explained, the Rebbe explains, because since it's such a high level, then like it's beyond the Chil of It's above eating and drinking. Mm-hmm. Like, like Yom Kippur. Uh-huh. It's like when you're eating and you watch Gaze of God, like in... Uh, exactly, like, like by God. the Matan yeah. right. The only time they're authorized to eat Shal Shudas is on Sukkot when it's raining outside. Then, that's the Tzar, they eat Shal Shudas also. Yeah, so... Um, that's the only time of the year. So, there's the, so, so it means the time of Shalshudas. It's not that the eating. So, so there's so a whole. Shalshudas sh- here. What? Shalshudas here. The time of Shalshudas. The question is like, when exactly does, like, like in hours wise, when does it start? Like, if Shabbos ends at 9 o'clock, so does the time of. We're going to learn about Mitzvah next time, Raiva Derivan, the time of Kesso. Like, is that like from 3 p.m. and on? Like, or is it Dafka by Shalshudas? But it's, it means the time of Shalashudas. It doesn't mean dafka the eating. It's, it's the time. That's why some don't eat and, and forget. And others will say dafka, that's the time to eat. The highest level would be dafka, that time to eat. But. Thank you. This is every week. Are you there too? How was it?